You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. It's someone beside you. You're looking good. You look fine to me. Amen. All right, I'm going to try get into the word very quickly. I struggled a bit in the first service. I didn't have enough time, so I'm going to run in this service. Amen. Amen. And we've been dealing, we've been talking about relationships, our friend Sundays. Amen. It's been going great. And um, today I'm going to speak. I don't really have a title. Maybe we should say decoding yourself and your friends. How does that sound? All right. (laughs) Yeah? No, a lot of times I have the body of the message and I need someone to help me with a title. (laughs) So we're decoding ourselves, decoding our friends. Each one of us came to this earth with a trait. Amen. Amen. It's your personality. (laughs) And this morning I want us to look into our personalities. And so that you're not only able to understand yourself, you can understand your friend. And you can understand your relationships. Because you see, the enemy does everything in his power. Everything he can do to frustrate your relationships, to frustrate your friendships, because he knows that if you can walk together, ha, one will put to flight one. Amen. A thousand and two what? Ten thousand. So when you're able to stand together, my word, the enemy is in trouble. And also, when you're able to stand together, you guys are able to go to new heights and new levels. I I promise you, there are relationships that God has placed in your life. And the purpose of those relationships is to take you higher. When God wants to take you to new levels, he brings people into your life. But you see, the thing is, sometimes we do not understand what God is doing. And we do not understand the kind of friends we have. Hey, hello, do you have any friend you don't understand? Or maybe you're that friend <laughs> that, that is not understood. You know, we're like, I don't understand her. <laughs> but you see, today, I pray that we get some understanding. Proverbs 24, verse 3. Let's read quickly. Proverbs 24, 3. And then we hit the ground running. Through wisdom, a house is built, and by understanding, it is established. And... By knowledge, the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Amen. So the Bible says that a house is built through wisdom. But it is understanding that brings establishment. It is the understanding that you need that will help you to establish a relationship. Even if it's marriage, you need understanding. When you, when you build a house, you need stuff in your house. It's not enough to build it and what? what you're living in an empty house. Uh, but you need knowledge. So there are things that will come to you this morning that will help to furnish your friendship. That will help to furnish your relationship. Amen. So to, uh, this morning, we're going to speak about some of those things. And the reason why I bring this scripture to you is to let you know that it is of necessity that you get some understanding. That it is of necessity that you do not discard relationships. The moment you're like, I don't get this person, then you throw that person away and you move to the next person. And when you get to the next person, you find out that "Ah, this one is a little different from me. (laughs) So you discard that one as well. Listen, everyone is not like you. God in his wisdom made sure that he made each one of us different. 
Hey, they say variety is the spice of life, isn't it? And, and so it's nice to see different people with their different ways of doing things. And by the time God is able to mix all of that together, my word, it's going to be explosive. So I don't want you to feel bad that you're a certain way. And when we begin to talk about personalities, I want you to know that there is not one personality for a man. <laughs> Amen? And then the other one is for women. Because sometimes people think that a woman is supposed to be very quiet and, we, you, you know, women must be, what's that word, seen and not heard. <laughs> you know, you're supposed to be quiet. Shh, shh. And then men are supposed to be bossy. And they're supposed to take control and, and you know. But it's not always the case. Amen. It depends on your personality. So you may actually find a man who is nice and gentle and quiet and is not troublesome. It doesn't mean he's not a man. Amen. Hey, but some ladies will be like, if you are really a man, no, 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 no. That, that he's a gentle person, you should be thanking God. You should be saying, thank you, Jesus, for giving me, because some men would have slapped you black and blue. <laughs> Depending on your personality. You know, there's certain people. Let, let me just say, there's some of us, if God did not bless us with the kind of people he blessed us with, we would have been in trouble. You would have been hearing that we're in hospital again. Because we have said it again. And we have done it again. And so they would have given us some um, laying on of hands. And we would have landed in hospital. So I'm going to speak the first group of people that I'm going to talk about. They are... Melancholics, amen. All right, what I'm going to do, I'm going to give you some traits and I'll see how I'll unpack as we go. So, some of the traits of melancholics. Now, this is usually, I know this service is not what we usually do on a Sunday, but hey, let's learn amen. and let's better our relationships. All right, so you find when you think of melancholy, you're thinking of someone who is behaved. Now, think of yourself, think of your friend. He's <laughs> a planner is scheduled, amen. A melancholy doesn't go late for anything. If a melancholy is late, it, it's somebody else that caused it. It, it, it. It's not possible. They would rather be early than late. A melancholy can never run to catch their flight. <laughs> amen. Are there melancholies in this house? Don't worry, as I unpack them, you kind of know, oh, 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 that's who I am. So if you're the kind of person that you get so irritated when people are, are running late and making you late, there's a chance that you are one. And if you have a friend who is so irritated every time you're late, it's like, why can't you ever be on time? You know, very scheduled person. Then you know, ah, maybe... And you see, sometimes you get angry and say, what is it? We will still get there. <laughs> you know? <laughs> We're going to the mall. The mall is not moving. <laughs> the mall is where the mall is. But the melancholy will be like, no, there's a time for everything. I was saying in the first service, and I'm going to say because mom is here. <laughs> so mom... In the, <laughs> when you started Zulu classes, are you all listening? <laughs> Pastor invited me to the Zulu class, by the way. Oh. Just, in, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the day they were starting, he says to me, I never arrived. <laughs> and today I'll let you know why I didn't arrive. 
So pastor says to me, <laughs> I was in the office. Uh, we had finished Thursday service, and I, was going to, I wasn't going anywhere. I was heading straight into the office. I says, so Zulu started to say, don't you want to join? I said, yeah, I want to join. That's good. I want to be part of it. And he says, okay. Then I said to him, I asked him a crucial question, a question every melancholy would like to know. What's the time frame? I asked him, when is it ending? <laughs> I knew when it was starting, but I didn't know when it was ending. He says, ah, we'll just flow. I said, <laughs> I said, well, what? He says, we'll see. Let's just start. Uh, so I said to him, I need to know when it's ending. He says, I don't know when it's ending. It can end any time. Mama, that's why I'm not in oh. Zulu class. <laughs> The reason I'm not in Zulu class because I need to know when it ends. <laughs> now, there are some people like that. What time does church... So when it's 11.30, you switch off. Do you have friends like that? Or are you like that? <laughs> when you switch off and say, it's taking a little longer. I told you to, to give an offering message for five minutes. Why are you in the spirit and going to seven minutes? Learn how to organize the spirit that is... That's how melancholies are. That's how they think. All right. So, <laughs> melancholies are scheduled. Amen. They don't do things anyhow. <laughs> they are perfectionists. Do you have those people in your life? <laughs> perfectionists. You don't mind. You don't mind things just... Uh, it's happening. It's okay. But they, they want it perfect. They want it done in a particular way. Even when it's looking close to perfect. And you think, you are thinking, there's nothing. It's okay like this. It says, ah, just one more tweak. And you're like, but it's okay. No, they are perfectionists. Okay. <laughs> They're musical. It's interesting that if I begin to look in this team here, I can find melancholies. I'm just going like that. <laughs> Ooh, they're here. Are, are you following? There are a lot of melancholies. They, they're, they're usually musical, especially the ones that play, because, you know, there's a system and a method to things. Yeah. <laughs> Am I speaking the truth? Yeah. So they don't do things anyhow. <laughs> are you following? So people like that, they always, you know, they're very musical people, and they love theater. They love, they're very cultured, by the way. Yeah? yeah? So you may have friends like that, and, and they want you to go to the theater. And you're like, w for what? <laughs> you know, that's who they are. Okay, I'm just giving you some traits <laughs> of a melancholy. They are very loyal friends, all right? So if you have a melancholy as a friend, they will stick by you. Because for them to have decided to be your friend, they thought about it. They didn't just see you and say, oh, okay, we're friends. No. They've thought about it. How does, how will this relationship add to my life? They've, they've analyzed. Oh, they're very analytical. They will analyze everything. Now, the reason why melancholies, they, uh, a lot of times, hmm, they imagine things. They help you to think what you are not thinking. They conclude that this is what you were thinking. All right? Everything is in their head because they have spent so much time analyzing it. And meanwhile, you didn't even go there. You were not even thinking what they're thinking. But they have thought about it. The reason why you did what you did is because of A, B, C. And you're like, no, I only did it because of... No. Nobody just does things anyhow. 
it's only melancholies that don't do things anyhow. <laughs> Most people do things anyhow. <laughs> but melancholies, they will be thinking about this thing and saying, this is what you did. Are you following? So melancholies, hmm, they have a way. But they're great people, as you can see. I told you, loyal and all of that. So if you have friends like that, they're great. But <laughs> they can be very unforgiving. <laughs> On that side, they are melancholies. This side, we're still good. We'll get to you. <laughs> they are unforgiving. If you step on a melancholy, they will remember it for a long time. <laughs> ah, and they would also, because they've thought about what you did, why, you, you can't hurt me if you didn't intend to hurt me. I didn't mean it, no. You meant to hurt me. It is difficult to explain to a melancholy that it was a mistake. Melancholies rarely make mistakes. So they don't think you can make a mistake. So they assume that what you've done, you did it intentionally. So instead of forgiving, in their heads, they need to first of all analyze what you did and come to terms with it. If it does not make sense in their head, they're not forgiving anything. So in, yeah, you've got friends. <laughs> so it needs to make sense. So they can be very unforgiving. Of course, of course, people like that are not very popular, all right, because uh, <laughs> they keep to themselves a lot of times anyway. Okay, so uh, melancholies are not the most outgoing. They're not extroverts, you understand. They're not people that, hey, look at me. Are, are you following? They, they internalize a lot of things, all right? In their minds, they've killed you. <laughs> yeah. All, all kinds of offense has taken place in the mind. Now, we are supposed to be spirit controlled. So, I don't want us to leave this place. Galatians 3 talks about the, 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 the works of the flesh and the fruits of the spirit. So, I don't want you to leave this place exhibiting traits of the flesh and say, you know, it's my temperament. No, it's just a flaw in your character in our character and we need to work on that. So we need to actually pray, yes, my temperament, this is my temperament, this is a trait that I came with, but it needs to be renewed. It needs to be given to God. Uh, I, I, it was an interesting conversation that I had with Evangelist uh, Ruzani after uh, first service he was here and, and said something interesting. He says, I don't think he named a particular temperament. He says, it seems I'm no longer this, you know? And I said, you know what's interesting about it? Uh, your, your, your main attribute, your main trait is still your main trait. But what happens is by the time you become controlled by the spirit, Amen. the weaknesses of that temperament begins to fade away gradually. In other words, if you're melancholic and you're someone who is analytical and organized and all of those things, and your negative trait is that you're unforgiving and you give it to the spirit and you become someone who forgives easily, then you begin to wonder, am I really melancholy? No, you're still melancholy but you've dealt with that negative trait. Amen. Proverbs 30:11. It says, there is a generation that curses its father and does not bless its mother. In other words, there's a generation there there's some kind of people that they, they have an attitude where when things are not going right, they blame it on somebody. 
cursed am I? Why, did I? why was I born? Why did you do that? Why did you give birth to me? Who asked you to come? That's an interesting generation. But you see, it's a dominant trait of a melancholy. When things are not going right, I just want to die. I'm, I'm fed up of this life. When things, do you know that a melancholy might wish to die for the smallest thing? It can be for something just a little out of alignment. It's like, what am I living for? What is this life about? A melancholy, the smallest thing that can happen. Maybe they've trusted God, they've believed God, they've prayed, they've interceded and all of that. And there's a little bit of delay. But you see, a melancholy is so organized that they've organized God. <laughs> yeah. They've told God, this is when you do it, how you do it. When I'm standing, you do it this way. Don't do it like this if I'm not standing. They've helped to organize him. So when things don't work the way he wants it to work, depression sets in. So melancholies are easily depressed. Easily depressed. So if you have friends like that, that you find one day they're up, tomorrow they're down. Understand that this is a trait. And instead of abandoning them, you know that mm, we just need to continue to pray. Because there are great things about them. That's just a little weakness there. Amen. So you trust God. You look into it. You thank God for their lives. Because some of us need people that can help organize things. Hallelujah. So in the Bible, you find um, an example of someone who is melancholy. Just do not put it up on the screen. You can put down Numbers 11, 10 to 15. You put it down. Read it, you would see is Moses who is wanting to die and, wanting, and asking God, just kill me, I'm tired. You know, things are not going the way I want. That's the way melancholies behave. John the Baptist was someone else that we could call melancholy. He's a loner. That's how melancholies are. They, they, they like to stick to themselves. So I, I was saying earlier that melancholies may have just one or two friends because they, are not, they don't need too many people in their lives. You just need solid relationships, meaningful. It needs to be meaningful to them. <laughs> Are you following? You know, so John the Baptist was a loner. Most prophets, genuine prophets, are melancholies. You check them out in scripture. Every time if things are not going, okay, let me just die. <laughs> it is better <laughs> that I die. <laughs> I'm going to move on quickly. And let me say this <laughs> even before I move on. I usually take couples through this test, a lot of couples before, before they get married. It helps them before they get married eh, to understand. But if you are already in it, <laughs> and you're like, I don't get him. I've seen people that are like, I'm leaving him. And by the time I'm like, what's the matter? And we sit together, and I begin to check their stories. I find, oh, it's lack of understanding. It has brought, it has caused there to be no establishment. And, and so I begin to unpack certain things. And you see their eyes popping and they're like, oh, that's why you do what you do. And it brings, it mends the relationship and it establishes them. So what I'm saying here is if you've never done this test, because I cannot do this test for everyone here. We'll be here for like four hours. All right. So and if you want it done, come see me, okay? All right, so we have the phlegmatics. <laughs> phlegmatics, I'll give you some <laughs> traits. They are peaceful people. Amen? Amen? Peaceful, considerate, satisfied, obliging. Amen? 
<laughs> a, a phlegmatic, is, he doesn't like conflict, does not like confrontation, does not like a fight, would rather, you know, that ones that say, he that what, uh, uh, there's, there's a saying, he that runs something will live to fight another day. <laughs> In other words, they, there's never a good day to fight. Yeah, <laughs> there's never a good day to fight for a phlegmatic. They prefer you to themselves. If there's something, they would rather, don't be angry. They don't want you angry. They don't want you upset. They don't want you in pain. They don't want you hurting. Are you following? And this trait is great. I mean, any, a guy or a girl can have that trait. All right? It is not just women. People usually think that phlegmatics are usually women because phlegmatics, women should be the ones that don't, you know, don't give you problems. And they should be the ones that when you say jump, they say how high. Uh, unfortunately, there's a lot of non-phlegmatic women <laughs> that I know. Amen. You know, so phlegmatics usually are people who, who, who they, they don't like uh, 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 fights, all right? They don't like confrontation. They, they would rather bring peace. They, they are mediators. Amen. So if, <laughs> if there is a conflict, if you have a problem with someone, go to a phlegmatic. Because they will be so diplomatic about it. So I'm saying to you now, if you and your friend have a problem, hmm? and you need to talk to someone, if you go to a choleric, let me just let you know. <laughs> and and a, a choleric is not to say you don't go to them. Are you following? But I'm saying you're going to get two different kinds of responses. When you go to a phlegmatic, you say, but why are you fighting? It's not necessary. Are you following? He says, I mean, you, 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 you were put in her life for this reason. You were put in that for that reason. You compliment each other very well. Just talk to each other. They would, you know, phlegmatics would be nice. And they say, so what is the problem? Oh, and the phlegmatic would say, okay, so what he's trying to say <laughs> is this. And then she would hear you and say, oh, what she's trying to say is this. Or choleric will listen to you and uh, probably interrupt you in the middle. The moment a colleague gets the message, it's like, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in counseling, there are people that when they come for counseling, they want to talk forever, <laughs> all right? You can do that if it's a phlegmatic. Phlegmatics are wonderful pastors, my word. They will sit with you and you can talk from now. Next three hours, they will not interrupt you once. <laughs> Hello? They will not interrupt you. They will allow you to speak, and they will hear you. Choleric, the moment you've said one, two, three, they've, they've concluded the matter. They've, they will stop you and say, I, I get what you are saying. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. <laughs> uh, and they didn't really hear you sometimes. But a lot of times they've heard you, okay? <laughs> and, and, and they stop you in the middle of your word and say, okay. So if there are two people in conflict, you'll say, you did this. You know, there's no diplomacy. Say you did this, that was a very stupid thing to do. <laughs> but that's not how phlegmatics are. <laughs> Amen. They are great people. Now, I'm sure there's some people here, you're looking and you, you know you have friends who are like that. They're peace-loving people. So don't, let, let me just give you uh, an advice. Do not take them for granted. 
Because when you think a, a, a phlegmatic is so peaceful, he doesn't like problems, and you think <laughs> that you can take them for granted, and you think you can do as you please, uh, they can be very stubborn. You see, <laughs> the, thing <laughs> the thing with phlegmatics, they give you very long ropes. <coughs> when you get to the end of that rope, it will take heaven for you to have an extension of that rope. <laughs> they, because they've endured long enough. By the time, listen, I, I sit with people all the time. <laughs> if a choleric and maybe sanguine or whoever is in conflict, or if they're in conflict and I'm talking to them, I know that they'll be fine. If a phlegmatic man comes to report his wife and he says, it's over. There is trouble. There is real trouble compared to that choleric that you think is crazy. <laughs> he will make the noise and he will calm down. A phlegmatic has decided inside. So you can, they, they make decisions. They've analyzed it and they've thought about it. Who was I talking about? Because I, I suddenly think I mixed them up, right? I was talking about what? Phlegmatic. So, phleg phlegmatics, amen. <laughs> so, phlegmatics, they are so strong on the inside as much as they look like, ah, they act as if they're not. But by the time they've come to you, they've decided, I'm not moving, I'm not budging. I have been taken for a ride long enough. So, they can allow you, it looks as if they're allowing you to take them for a ride, and they're okay with it. But when they've had enough, they've had enough. So it takes plenty of prayer and wisdom and, and helping to bring understanding for that phlegmatic man to remain in the marriage. So if you, are, if you ever encounter someone who says, I'm not, I'm not, and you're like, but I thought he was a gentle person. I thought he's gentle. <laughs> I thought he's nice. He's very nice, but his cup is full and he's had it. So even in your friendships, don't test people to that point. Just because you know they're gentle, just because you know how nice they are, and just because you know that they don't like conflict, so you are constantly throwing the first punch. Oh my God. I have to tell you a quick story while I look at the time. When I was in courtship, every day that I, meet, I see my husband, because our temperaments were completely different. And because he was very spiritual. <laughs> when, I, when I'm in a meeting with him, he will, that it wasn't like, oh, we're just having a romantic time looking into each other's eyes. The only eyes I used to look into was Ephesians. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just looking into the eyes of the word. <laughs> All right. So, and I, I had that kind of personality. So every... Time when, when he does just the smallest thing to me, I'm like, you know what? It's enough. You know, I, I was like feeling myself, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, it's enough. I've had it. I'm, I'm breaking up with you, right? I used to break up with you. He doesn't remember those things. You see, he's, ah. <laughs> <laughs> and, I'll, and I'll say to him, I'm, I'm breaking up. Today is the end. And he'll say to me, no, that's not how this thing is done. He will, he will plead with me and I'll be, okay. All right, but just don't, don't do it again. I always had an attitude. One day, one day, 
I said to him, it's over. This nonsense. And he says to me, yes, it's true. It's over. <laughs> I died that day. <laughs> he says to me, it's, he says, I, 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 even I agree, it's over. It's, this thing is it's not going to work. And I'm like, I started crying. I cried. <laughs> So all this time I was taking advantage because he's an amazing person. And suddenly he's saying it's over. And I knew that this time uh, I'm going to beg. <laughs> and I knew that it wasn't begging that I needed to do a I needed counselors. <laughs> I needed a, a whole troop. The village <laughs> needed to come and help me beg. And that was what happened. I actually got my, my uh, friends, people that he respected. <laughs> so I went and I said, he said it's over. He said, and they were like, because they know me, they said, who started? <laughs> I, I, I said, yeah, it was me. It says, you, and they want, you shouldn't be doing things like that. You, you, are you following? So don't take certain people for granted just because of their gentle disposition. Okay. Let's try and move from there. Is it making sense? Amen. Proverbs 30, 12 says that there is a generation that is pure in its own eyes, yet it's not washed from its filthiness. So a, phleg a phlegmatic person, because of how nice they are, they can be people you say they are uh, uh, holy, holy. You understand? They're pure in their own eyes. Sometimes they think we don't need to repent. Have you ever reached out to someone who feels there's nothing wrong with me? I'm a good person. Yeah. But the person still needs salvation. Most likely, someone who is saying, I'm good, I do this, is most likely a phlegmatic. He's, you know, he doesn't cause problems for people. Abraham was an example, or is an example of a phlegmatic person in scripture. Uh, if, you, if you look at Abraham, I think in Genesis 20 or so, you will find when they were going uh, uh, towards, I think they were meeting up with Ahimelech, and he told his wife, please, do not say you are my wife. I don't need the stress. I don't, I don't need this battle. I don't need this fight. You phlegmatic people, they don't like fighting. So I don't need the stress in my life. So when we arrive, just say you are my sister and let, let peace reign. It will take, you know, the, what they want is the spirit of the Lord should take over. Now, phlegmatics, I just want to quickly tell you something. The Holy Spirit expects you to say certain things. He doesn't expect to be the one saying it for you. Because it is not all the time that he will come to Ahimelech and say, what are you doing with that person's wife? Sometimes you have to stand up and say, that's my wife. What are you doing with her? But, you know, phlegmatics, they don't like confrontation. And Abraham decided, and we know wonderful things about Abraham, but he's like, I don't want trouble. I don't want trouble. Amen. I don't want, I don't want trouble. He, he, he was going with his, his nephew, Lot, when there was a problem between his herdsmen and th that one's herdsmen, what did he say? He says, mm, so that there's no trouble. Are you following? Do you know people like that? They would rather forfeit what is theirs. They would rather give up what is theirs because they want peace. Those are good friends to have, by the way. But watch it that you don't take them for granted because they will strike one day. He says, so that there's no problem. You know, just look and go 
pick one side, if you pick this side, I will pick the other side. And I'm thinking, I, I don't get it. I don't get it because this journey, I was the one that called it. As a non-phlegmatic, I called this journey. And when I called it, I said, Lord, you can follow me. How did you take over this journey? How are you the one in charge now? You see, but phlegmatics are not like that. They're not thinking, oh, I'm the one who started it. I'm the one in charge. I'm... No, they're like, will it make you happy? Yes, please have your way. But you see how God blesses people like that? If you continue to read, you will see how Abraham was blessed, even with what he chose. Amen. Amen. Glory be to God. Amen. Let's rush to the, third, to the third one. And those are the sanguines. Amen sanguines some traits of the sanguine is this making sense to you is it helpful <laughs> all right uh some sanguines uh, traits of sanguines they're animated they are playful they are very refreshing they're competitive they're spontaneous they mix easily they're lively they're bouncy they're talkers amen listen if i'm in a meeting you see i meet with a lot of people right when i'm in a meeting with a sanguine if I start talking, a sanguine will interrupt me at least three times. <laughs> and I'm the one trying to help you. <laughs> Are you following? If, as I start talking, hey, oh, I, I get it. Oh, they interrupt quickly they're, because they're very lively people. <laughs> Are you following? So when you, when you have someone who is sanguine, he's highly colorful. You can tell even from their dressing when they come in. You would have to notice sanguines amen they are colorful people they are, they are wonderful people to have in your life they may not always be very dependable though they may not their heart is in the right place they want to do it but it's like they don't have the capacity to do it it's there but they, they you know they're very another thing about uh, uh sandwich, they're flighty they're all over the place are you following so when you when they say we will do this if you want something done and you say i need somebody to change whatever maybe do wallpapers or whatever a sanguine will be the first person to volunteer say <laughs> so i will do it i'm excited i'm happy to do it i will do it for you now, if you have a friend who is sanguine and you have asked, can you do this? And your friend says, consider it done. And it's not done. Please understand that that is the trait. Sanguine's in the house. Say hello. <laughs> it is a sanguine. <laughs> I like that. Proudly sanguine. <laughs> Proudly. Pastor would say we are, we are going to have, after fasting, we're going the extra mile. Sanguines will do the Holy Ghost dance. Yeah. They say, we're going, where? Extra mile, I'm in, I'm in. And then they're talking to everybody after church. Oh, this is what God is doing, amazing things. Oh my God, we have extra mile. Woo, woo. And Pastor will say, we want it maybe on Saturdays. They'll say, Pastor, why can't we have it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday? Ah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's have it and eat every day, Pastor. Woo! They, you would hear them, you know, all the noise they make. Uh, and, then, and then melancholies are just quiet. They're considering, what's my schedule like? Does this work? The purpose for this, what exactly is it? You know, because we finished the fast. 
What is the extra mile? What is it meant to accomplish? They'll start analyzing it. But when they have been able to get it in their head, they come. They come for the meeting. Sanguine will still be sleeping while the meeting is happening. Yeah. I'm just saying to you that if you have a friend like that, please just find a way to understand when they're always late. Because they're never, Alice in Wonderland always running. They're constantly late. All right. But here's the thing. Remember what I said about being spirit controlled. As you continue to yield yourself to the spirit, there are certain things, certain traits that will be dropped. Amen. And you'll find that you're even imbibing other traits. Amen. I, I find that there were, I was rigid in my ways in certain things. You understand? But after, uh, apart from being spirit controlled, but even spending time, do you understand? Uh, uh, iron was sharpening iron. And I found that I was dropping certain things and I was speaking certain things. There's things I can tell you uh, when I say I am not like this, you will say it's a lie. You like things as I don't. But because I've interacted long enough and because I've spent time with God, are you following? And I've allowed the Holy Spirit to do a work in that area. It looks as if, oh, that's part of my life. But hey, it wasn't from the beginning. Amen. Amen. All righty. So <laughs> I said uh, they are talkers, lively, and all of those things. They can be um, quite uh, obviously not very disciplined, unpredictable, very argumentative. All right, you're speaking, they're speaking, and they know better. Um, they can be disorganized. It, it takes somebody who is sanguine to have another temperament uh, for their house to be tidy. Are you following? So uh, uh, a typical sanguine, everywhere is upside down. And they love how it is. So you can imagine if your close friend is that way and you come to their house and you're melancholy, you are, you, you'll be depressed. <laughs> because you're like, can't you ever keep this place tidy? <laughs> yeah, someone, so, some sanguine is saying it's my house and all of those things. <laughs> but, but you see, when, when you have people coming, all right, you find that when you have people coming, you, you want to put things in order. Sanguines don't care. They, they don't care. They would leave it as it is, uh, and they're happy. Organized chaos. They're happy with how things are. If you come and you want to tidy, tidy, but it can be offensive to some sanguines. When you come into their house and you want to reorganize it for them, are you following? But hey, that's just who they are. Can be a bit disorganized, but then when they have other temperaments, ah, they, they, uh, then it, it gets the job done better. Amen. I was sharing, I spoke about the Avis guy, and I'm going to talk about it briefly. This Avis advert, how many of you know it? <laughs> this guy that he's going, he's all dressed up, he's got flowers, and he's about to go propose to this lady that works for Avis. And he, his friend met him on the way. You don't know the ad? Well, I'll tell you. His friend met him on the way and said to him, uh, so they were talking, he says, oh, she loves me. She, 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 you know, she fancies me, all of those stuff. I'm just adding my own words, you know. And, and he, he was ready to propose to her. And, and, and then the guy says, who? Says, that lady. They looked into her and says, no, that's how she is with everyone. <laughs> now, sanguines are so friendly that you will think they want you. 
<laughs> you need to be careful with sanguines, hey. If you can have a sanguine man when he's going to hug you and whatever, you know, then you are thinking, ah, there's current, current. I'm, I'm. <laughs> it's, it's passing through me. I can, I can, I can feel the current. <laughs> there's nothing. <laughs> Listen, a sanguine woman, she will be so friendly. Let me say, maybe, let me give you a single sanguine woman. Who is your friend? And she comes and she's with her husband and she's laughing and she falls on top of him and she's laughing. She, she, she doesn't want him. She's just inappropriate. She doesn't know boundaries. That's all. <laughs> that's, that's all. It's not that she wants your husband. They're just super friendly. Things that normal, when I say normal people, normal people don't do. A sanguine, you can be eating, and me, a sanguine, comes to your house, and your wife is there. She, your wife has her own spoon. I will take your spoon. Oh. <laughs> say, mm, what are you eating? <laughs> That's, that. So, I need you to understand, just like that poor guy thought this lady has it in for me, and I'm going to take that step and propose to her. Meanwhile, that's how she is with everybody. I just want you to know that when you see someone who is even overfriendly, now the spirit of the prophet is subject to prophet. If you know that this person, what that person is doing has ulterior motives, it's a different thing. But if you understand that it's just her way, she's like that with your husband, she's like that with the other husband, she's like that with the other husband. She's like that everywhere. With her boss. Her boss needs to correct her all the time. You know? So be careful. Be careful. Or else you lose meaningful relationships. I know people. People who have lost meaningful relationships because they said she wants my husband. She doesn't want your husband. She's just a sanguine. Amen. Amen. All right. All right, so um, an example in scripture, because I said I must give you one before I go to choleric, is of course Peter. Everyone knows Peter is very sanguine. He, sanguines, they speak before they even consider what they're saying. You understand? Jesus, wash my feet, wash my head. What, you know? <laughs> Just say, I only need to wash your feet. He said, no, wash everything. Ooh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. He just says, you know, I'm going to the cross. He says, no, you don't, why are you going to the cross? I can go for you, you know? Where, I mean, Jesus, what time, what time is this thing happening? He says, you will deny me three times before the cross. He said, me, deny who? Me? Deny who? I cannot deny you. Jesus, Jesus. You're my man. You're my boy. I cannot deny you. You're following. So that Peter, that sanguine will promise you their lips drip with honey. So that, that was a sanguine. He will never sit in one place. Jesus, can I come? Can I? Are you following? Sanguines. Cholerics. Cholerics are incredible people. They are leaders. They are, however, very raw in their speaking. When a choleric is going to speak, no, when a choleric speaks, um, is literal, literally having that two-edged sword in their mouth. <laughs> when they speak, 
cut you in many places. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like when people find themselves. <laughs> or find someone they know. All right. They're great. So they're raw in speaking. They're not diplomatic at all. Remember I said phlegmatics, they, they can be diplomats, my word. They mediate, they're diplomatic. Phleg, uh, colleagues are not diplomatic. As far as they're concerned, you say what you mean. Why do we have to beat around about the bush? This is what I'm talking about. Because I need you to understand me and to understand me clearly. So let's not be confused. So they tell you as it is. Amen. Uh, colleagues don't want you to assume or, or suspect that this is what they are trying to say. They want you to be sure that this is what I said. Yeah. <laughs> In other words, you do something wrong. They don't want you to think, well, it's not too bad. They want you to know what you have done is punishable by death. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are you following? <laughs> so they give it to you. But they're great people. Let me give you some of their traits. Are you finding your friends? You're finding yourself in this place? All right. So they're strong-willed people. They are, are outspoken. They're confident. They're daring. They're tenacious. They're self-reliant. You see, uh, choleric, they feel they can go by themselves. Are you following? They, I don't need you <laughs> to get this job done. Check out a choleric, even though they're leaders, but um, sometimes they are leaders with no followers. <laughs> they're just on a walk by themselves <laughs> because when a choleric wants to get something done it, a choleric doesn't want you to slack stop I don't, I, oh my word, I can't be babying you that's the mind of a choleric yeah. are you qualified for this job? have you got choleric bosses? Ah, they don't need to baby you you, are being, oh, you should have told me this way why should I tell you that way? I'm not here to be your mother I'm your boss. That's how cholerics think. Any cholerics in the house, just say praise the Lord. Praise wow. <laughs> wow. There are, there are quite a lot of them. So they are, you know, strong-willed people. Are you following? But really great people, really great leaders. When you want something, I know <laughs> cholerics. Listen, when I want to get something done, even as a pastor, I know who to ask. Are you following? I'll ask certain people based on their traits. Do you understand? And I mean, they've been tried and tested. So I know if I give this thing to this person, it will happen now. If I give this thing to this person, I can forget about it. I can go to sleep. When I come, it's going to be there. There are certain people I love passionately, but I will never give them. <laughs> All we do is party together. Amen, because that's what they prefer to do. But to give something serious, it won't happen. It won't happen. So when you need to begin to understand and know how people are. Are you following? Uh, so cholerics are usually quite bossy, uh, unsympathetic, impatient, unaffectionate. A choleric person, you are sick, they will be like, have you taken medicine? <laughs> A typical choleric. Remember what I said, you need to be spirit-controlled. A spirit-controlled choleric should be different from a natural man choleric. Are you following? So a natural choleric who is not spirit-controlled and has no empathy or sympathy for anyone will just ask, have you, with a straight face, you see the face. 
Have you had something? You take medication? No, not yet. How do you expect to get well? <laughs> How do you expect to get well if you have not taken something? Can you just sort yourself out quickly and, you know? But somebody else will be like, have you, oh, since when? When did it start? Cholerics don't do that to check your temperature. <coughs> are, are you following? Except it's a spirit-controlled one. Amen. When you're spirit-controlled, you do things that pleases God. Amen. You don't walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Glory be to God. Amen. I'm rounding up right now. All right. So quickly, we'll look at Paul. Cholerics are usually very tactless. All right? I, I said before they're not diplomatic. They're tactless. So Paul is a typical choleric. It is a tactless person that will call somebody all foolish Galatians. Yes. Yeah? Yes. A phlegmatic can never say all foolish Galatians. Who has bewitched you? <laughs> <laughs> who, who, who has? But why, why are you thinking with your feet? All right, so cholerics are the ones that will say, oh, foolish guy, who has bewitched you? Your, your, your ways are ways of foolishness. Now, cholerics have a problem with giving people a second chance. It's like, I tried you, you failed. But you need to do something about that behavior. All right, that is what, why Paul and Barnabas fell out. Are you following? Because Barnabas said, let's take... Uh, uh, John Mark, on this mission trip, we're going back again to the places that we have visited, the places that went to. But you see, uh, Paul remembered that once upon a time, about two years ago, when we were going on this mission trip with this same John Mark, he left. He went AWOL. We could not find him. He abandoned ship. And now, you are saying who should come with who? Listen, I'm not here to play and to tickle anyone. I'm not here to please people's emotions because you see, phlegmatics are very concerned about your emotions. Cholerics are concerned about the task at hand. We are not concerned about, does it make you feel good when, no, we, I just want to get the job done. I always say about phlegmatics and cholerics, I say when a phleg is going to get something done, and if he needs to take 100 people, he will get there with the 100 people. Amen. He will arrive with the, nobody will be left out yeah. if it's a phlegmatic that is in charge. Amen. 100 people will follow him to the finish line. But it will take them 100 years to get to that finish line. <laughs> because a phlegmatic is so nice that when you say, mm, my feet are sore, you say, everybody sit down. <laughs> his feet are sore. Let's deal with his sore feet. Where does it hurt? Since when has it been hurting? Oh, my God. Is there a doctor in the house? That's a phlegmatic. A choleric will be, why are you limping? We're going somewhere, why are you limping? He says, my feet are so sit back, then you, you are not part of the team. And they keep moving. And they leave you behind. They're like, you know. So cholerics, when they want to, so they're more task-oriented. They're thinking of the work they need to do. Are you following? So for that reason, they're like, ah. So when, when Barnabas says, I want to take uh, John Mark with me, Paul is saying, is it the same John Mark that disappeared the other time, says, um, Barnabas like, yes. And apparently, correct me if I'm wrong, are they related, Barnabas and Mark? 
Are they cousins? Maybe it's a different mark, because in Colossians it talks about, you know, relationship, but it might be a different mark, you know. So he's like, he's repented. I'm sure he has learned from his mistake. I'm sure, I mean, don't discard people so quickly. Let us give him another chance. Paul says, I don't have time for that. That's how cholerics are. Now, there's what we learn from that experience from the choleric guy, from Paul. And there's what you learn from Barnabas. Yes, you must make sure you give people opportunities, many chances. You need to be careful, though. All right, I'm saying that if it's a phlegmatic man standing here and preaching, or a phlegmatic woman preaching to you, they would say, I mean, Paul was insane. I mean, why wouldn't you give him a second chance? And if it's a collector person says, Barnabas is insane. Once beaten, twice shy. Why, why go back to, we have a, a task to accomplish. Why log, you know, carry dead wood with us? That's how cholerics think. But listen to me. With all of this, I'm saying to us, our temperaments can be spirit controlled. We can use this temperament to the glory of God. Amen. You can use it to the glory of God. You can be that kind of person. The person that when, you, when they say you are this person's friend or this person my friend, you say, mm, this is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. You are, you, you are indeed a true friend. Just because you've, you've, oh, you've seen my weaknesses, but you did not run away with my clothes when I undressed. Are you, are you following? Because we, we understand each other to the point where we cover for each other's weaknesses. We, we do not understand each other and expose each other. Look at me, this person is like that, that, no. So when, you have, when you're in relationships, when you are in a relationship with a person who is exhibiting a trait that you are not familiar with or you're not used to because you are not like that, thank God. Amen. You say, I thank God that we are not the same. I thank God that he's the God that loves variety. And he put in you what I need. And put in me what you need. And so we need to begin to see it that way. So use your temperament. Go out there. Be a blessing. Amen. Amen. All right? Let your relationships, let our relationships, be it friends, be it marriage, whatever kind of relationship you have, whether it is with your boss, whoever it is, whatever your relationship with, let it be established. Because you have understanding today. Amen. Amen. Do you want to stand to your feet this morning? Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We bless you. Do you want to? This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.